0: On last Sunday, I know some people listening might have thought I had lost my mind, but I'm, I'm telling you, I'm trying to help your mind get right. Because the, the spirit of religion has done an awesome job in dividing the body of Christ. And, you, you know, I don't like the devil. I can't stand him, but you got to give him credit. He knew how to plan this thing. And it all started when Adam and Eve fell so it's not brand new jesus had to deal with the pharisees and the sadducees they were the religious groups in his time but when jesus came and then when john the baptist baptized jesus of course we see that once john is is killed now john got faithful disciples remember that and they're gonna follow his they're gonna pick up and carry the mantle of john when it was never designed to be that But so now we got Baptist religion, we got Pentecostal, we got Methodist, you got Catholic, you got Presbyterian, you got Methodist. I mean, how you get to name that? You are the church. You can't rename yourself. And I mean, you know, we we, we should... Look at the word and follow what the word says about church. And not follow the script that people have given us. I mean, there and each one of those religions is something they extracted from the word and something they added to the word, which put demands on people to perform and not come up to the standard of the word. So as long as I'm performing according to what the bylaws say in our doctrine, I feel like I'm all right with God. And you're not. You need to search the scripture to find out if your doctrine matches the word before you take it on. Now see, Dr. Davis and I have always been sticklers about you learning the word for yourself. Because that'll keep you from being deceived. And in this final hour, it's a lot of deception out there. And I mean, they're coming, they're coming with a whole lot of prophecies. You know why? Because they're trying to destroy your mind to keep from hearing the prophetic word that you need to hear. See, that's, that's the whole basis of it. So you're, you won't even accept it, you just kind of skim over it. You know, you hear something, you hear a commercial so much that after a while you get tired of it and you say, "Mm, I ain't paying that no mind. Well, people do that in church. You think you're so smart about faith that you just don't need to hear this word on faith. Or you don't need to hear this word on divine church order. We heard that before. You haven't lived it yet. That's why you got to be taught again. Oh, Jesus so some of his disciples john uh disciples wanted to keep the message he said alive and god never had that in his plans that's that said that was man see that was man's doing god never had that in his plans and jesus didn't condone it john didn't condone it and if you know uh if you know anything about um the, the scriptures it talks about them being a one mind. In the Bible, let's 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 find that scripture because it keeps coming to me. So I better find it real quick and um, look at First Peter. Well, let's go to uh, Second Corinthians first, I think. It's a look. We can keep going. Look at First uh, Corinthians chapter one, verse ten. Oh, now I beseech you, brethren. First Corinthians chapter one, verse ten. By the name of our Lord Jesus, whose name is it? So the church been named after who? Okay. So there's no Baptist, there's no Pentecostal, there's no Roman Catholic, there's no Presbyterian, there's no Methodist. It's not even mentioned in here. If God wanted that to be that, he would have put all your name in the Bible. And since he didn't do it, that means your name don't count. (laughs) Only the name of Jesus is talked about as being the head of the church. It says that you all speak the what same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same do- How you had the same mind when we won't even agree in praying in tongues? Because you got one religion said, but tongues have gone out. We don't really have to pray in tongues. Some say, well, you only do it when you're being moved by your emotions. Some some say, well, you know, that went out with the apostles. Well, then you got to say the apostles left the earth, that there are no more apostles. In order to say tongues have been removed. So you must not believe in apostles. Because if tongues went out with the apostles, where did the apostles go? Jesus never removed them from the church. How do you get to do it? This is why so much error, the spirit of error is in the earth and and the devil has taken full advantage of every one of those errors because it leads people further away from the truth. He says to be of the same mind and in the same judgment. That means I'm supposed to have the same thought and purpose. I'm supposed to be united in thought and purpose. I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to have a different purpose for why I became a part of the body of Christ. My whole goal is to bring my effectual measure. My measure may not be your measure, but we're supposed to be reaching for the same thought and purpose. Bring your effectual measure to the local church. Why? That's the only way God's going to use you. He's not going to gift you, and you're not covered. And you can pray 10 hours a day. He's not going to gift you. You must be submitted to authority. We got to operate under the same judgment. A lot of people, you know, they go to Bible school and they think that's time for them to start a church. But you're not covered. Just because you got a license. You go on the internet and get a license. As long as you pay the fee. That don't make you a gifting. which means you're going to lead somebody into error because you got it in error. You know, uh, I've never seen so many people belong to local assemblies and they get all their license from everybody, but their local church, I'm going like, well, do their pastor believe and doing anything, you know, make you wonder what's wrong. You know, you got to go to five different other churches to get a license. To become a missionary, I'm going kind of like, hmm. So who do you really submit to? <laughs> but see, this is what the body crisis have to been deal, dealing with for years, and the kingdom of God has suffered a lot of ground because error has been so prominent in the body of Christ. And most Christians, they just kind of make themselves adjust. They don't really resist it because they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. It's time to get some feelings hurt. Call on me. I ain't scared. He said, uh, so the chaos we experience in God's church environment is not because God doesn't have an order, but it's because most Buildings or facilities that we call churches have had their own order. Now listen, don't nobody get offended. Cause in here we train our people. You need to be trained. Let me tell you something. How how you be the leader and you never on time? You always. I'm talking about. I was talking to somebody on the other day, and she said she had belonged to a church where the service, the earliest service started at 8, and the pastor didn't get there to 8.15, and it was over by 8.30. So what did you learn? He came in and did something. Woo, Jesus, I'm going like, what did you learn in that? She said, Nothing. By the time he got warmed up, service was over. (laughs) The plan of salvation was never taught. Mm. See, these are orders that man made. God didn't make them. And then you got some places where they put their own little twist to it. And then they take, take a scripture out of context, and then they want you to look like you're the, the, the humblest person on the earth. You can't wear no makeup. Because, you know, when I grew up in the era, you couldn't even go to the clothesline without stockings on or some your feet. You couldn't wear no sandals. So you were sinning. And, you know, today there would be a lot of sinners that we had to go by that doctrine. <laughs> It's very few ladies coming out here in this 90-degree weather that don't have sandals on, including me. But see, it was all that stuff that man put in there that created. But what what did that do against the word? So it made the word non-effective in that environment. You can't get the word to work when your tradition is speaking louder than the word. Some of y'all got traditions in your household that you need to kill. Because it's stopping the word from coming in your house. Mm. See, our house, now, I'm going to talk about that a little bit today. Your home is supposed to be an extension of the church. I should be able to come to every one of your houses and see your house ordered just like the church. Oh, I done said something now. Am I going to have to get a healing line or something? See, we're not supposed to... Uh, look at the church and say, okay, well, I'm just going to church. No, you're supposed to be the church 24-7. See, it's not supposed to be an on and off kind of thing. So when I come to your house, I'm supposed to look in your house and say, okay, yeah, they got prayer going on there. They're giving to one another. They're loving on each other. When they got a disagreement, they're resolving it based on the word. Ain't nobody throwing the pots and pans at each other. The door's not being slammed. See, your house is going to impact this congregation. Because all that mess you got going in your house, you're going to bring it to church. And you're going to expect somebody to make a, a compensation for your nasty attitude. Now, you're going to become a liability in the service instead of an asset. Because your house out of order. Now, I hope none of y'all fussed before you got here this morning. So, go ahead and ask the Lord to forgive you. And we won't know a thing about it. <laughs> All right. So, let me, let me find my scripture there. And we're going to move right into that. Because somebody said... Uh, See, because God's desire, say God's desire, is to set the original order of the church so we can take away the religious order. We're supposed to annihilate religion, not cohabitate with it. Hmm. Okay. Okay, Holy Spirit, you're maneuvering this show me which way to go okay all right people join themselves to different types of organizations and call themselves members what they are supposed to do is bring the worth say the worth of their lives and attach it say attach to a living organism call the church and then bring to that organism their strength their versatility, and corporate purpose. I'm not supposed to come to your church and start my own ministry. Now, ministry can be hewn out of submission. How many of y'all know what I'm saying? Because you're supposed to grow and develop, and God will send you out. But you're not supposed to use the local church as a tool just to start your ministry. While the local church suffer I've seen it too many times. See, that's one way of being... See, that's that's in the house. You know what that says? Okay. (laughs) Ah, Lord Jesus. Lord, you're going to get me in trouble, but that's all right. I can take it. I can take it. I can take it. I can take it. Because some of us have not mastered what membership is, we are still in plain view of the enemy. He has affected your part of the body, and the best you can do is be a liability. This dimmer from your home. You don't know it because you don't understand divine church order. Now, if you were a church at Antioch, you would not be able to be a member the way some of us interact as members. They put you out. You would disqualify yourself. Being trained to be a church member opens the door for God to get involved in your life. So it sounds like it's important to me. Are you tired of God not being involved in all of your life? Okay. If you have had any success at all, don't settle for that because God has so much more. He has a supernatural available to happen in your house and in your life. Ah. Uh-huh. So, now every one of the members are accountable to the head. Everybody in this church is accountable to me. That's the way it works. I am the senior pastor, right? Now, we got leaders in this church that's over departments. Now, who do you go first if you got an issue in your department? You go to your leader, you don't come to me. That's out of order. And your leader should come to me and discuss the problem, not you. Oh, see, all that makes a difference. But what that tells me about your house, your house is out of order. (laughs) Woo, Jesus. Ah, somebody running the house that shouldn't be running the house the way they run in the house. Mm. Mm. I know it got real quiet in here, but that's all right. We're going to be all right. We gonna be, we're going to be healing right now. We're healing right now. I'm coming back to that point. Look, I know that the anointing is to bring total healing and restoration, and it's predicated on you being a real member, not a fictitious one. See, you get access to my grace, Pastor Field, and Pastor Barbara's grace, and all the people that this ministry is attached to. You get access to their grace when you're a real member. And you need to know that. That's one of the the, the valuable things about being part of a local church. Mm. You got access to all the anointings that's attached to that church. Glory to God. (sighs) Mm. Okay. Guess what? Jesus is not your pastor. Pastor. So guess what Jesus is not going to do? He's not going to talk to you about me. <laughs> he going to come to me. Because Jesus follows order. And he's going to tell y'all, look, he said to pray for your pastors. He didn't talk about them. Mm. See, I've gone to churches where the people, they don't even matter if the people coming out as long as they send their money. But you ought to want to be here and be an integral part of what God is doing. Because mm. that's for your sake, not just so I can say where everybody showed up. That's for your sake, because the, the service that you miss might be the service that's anointed to that give you the answer that you need. And guess what you can't do, especially when you decide to not partake? The answer you need, even though you heard it on TV, you may not get it. It'll go right past you. The devil's gonna get you distracted. Something's gonna happen, so you're gonna miss that word. Ooh, Jesus. So, Timothy, we see, we're gonna find that in just a minute, was admonished by Paul who was his spiritual father, how to set the church in order. And he told Timothy, he said, look, Timothy, just cause you young. Now, Timothy was not young in ministry. He was young in age. He had been doing ministry since he was a child cause the laying on the hands were done by his grandmother and his mama. Helen Bella said, I had a praying grandmama. Thank God for praying grandmother. Cause some of these mamas, they, they just ain't, well, glory to God anyhow. Somebody got to stand in the gap for this generation. Thank God for praying grandparents and, and those good godly parents that are standing in the gap for your children. Stay there. Don't, don't give up. They, look, I don't care how gr- old they get. You got direct access to them. They came out of you. Mm. And you got to stop talking against what you say you want. Mm. You can't keep calling him that drunk, that drug addict. My son is a drug addict. No, he not. not. Not according to faith. Not according to faith. Not according to faith. And You the one praying for him, and you still calling him a drug addict? Not according to faith. No wonder he's not delivered. If you were the only intercessor, I guess he's going to be a drug addict for the rest of his life. Woo, Jesus. So Paul told Timothy, don't let the people mess with you because they think you are young. He says, I'm giving you the order how to set this church up. Stick to the guidelines, in essence, what Paul is saying. Woo, that's why we can go to every different We can go to ten different churches and you can gonna see ten different things. It wasn't so in Apostle Paul's day. Mm. You know, I grew up, you know, where, and I mean, you know, hey, it is what it is. Where the children invite guests to come to the church. The pastor don't have to know nothing about it. Put it on the book, the deacon put it on the book, you got a service. But you just, the choir member, how you get the book of ministry gift? Hmm. Oh, I'm messing with y'all. this Y'all got, I know. We, y'all come out some of them places too. Just because you got a missionary service don't mean you, the missionary get to decide who's going to speak. This is why people get messed up. Because the pastor don't have to approve anybody anymore. Oh, I'm going to talk about your house. Are you ready? Can you handle this? See, the children of the church are supposed to carry out the vision that God gave to the pastor. Now, if a pastor allows the layman to invite people in for services, more than likely, you will find his own children out of control. His children running his house. Mm. So now we got this great big misconception of church. Or oh, I'm taking my time, but I know where I'm going. So don't worry about it. You just stay tuned. So now we got a bunch of renegade babies running around vying for positions because they have a false sense of authority. After all, I can invite somebody in the church. Well, now I'm missionary so-and-so. Sit down. somebody should have told them, sit your hips down. You don't have no authority. You're here to help. Your title don't give you no more authority than it does the usher. Sit down. That's what a lot of them need, but a lot of pastors are afraid to say that. <laughs> so you got a lot of renegade babies running around thinking they got just enough authority to, to, to mess up the whole house. You know, you got one little kid that always creating problems. You, you know, you got more than two kids. One, I'm going to give you an issue. <laughs> so if a parent is letting their child make decisions concerning the house, they're probably on their way to hell. Because if, if you're not operating authority in your house, your child not saved because you can't win them. Y'all looking mighty quiet. See, if you don't get your authority back in your house, ain't no time to do a whole lot of extra stuff. You need to fix your house because you got to impact this local church. And from the local church, you do ministry. Don't put the cot before the horse. Mm. Now, what is normal for some people or what is normal for us rather here at Rapture might seem abnormal to somebody else. And that's not unusual because they say, y'all just too, y'all just too strict. Y'all too strict. No, we Bible based. And I'm so free. I'm so happy. All my needs are already met. God working on my desires. What you got? I'm living good in the real neighborhood. And <laughs> anybody come in my neighborhood that don't belong, I'm praying them out. Because that's my territory. I saw the truck come next door. I said, Oops, somebody moving just, I don't know if it ain't but one of them. One down, two more to go. (laughs) So one moved out. I'm praying them out. They won't hear nothing, so hey, got to go. I don't care how popular they are. God said he called me to peace, and I want my peace. Hallelujah. I got a right to that. Look at First Timothy chapter one, verses four through seven. See, these are the things that have to be talked about on the local level so that whatever God has for you to do, it can be done in the order, that it will succeed. Because the one thing God' not trying to get you out there to do is to do something that's going to create embarrassment not only to you, but to the body of Christ. Because God doesn't want you to get out there and fail. He wants you to succeed. But he has an order as to how you do everything. And when we, when we violate his order, now you said that can't be in the Bible. Well, it is. Look at, are you there? 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 4. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. So in other words, don't spend all your time, pastor, he talking to Timothy, answering a bunch of dumb questions. People are gonna always have them. How did Cain get his wife? What does that do, have to do with you growing up? How's that gonna fix your marriage? See, those kind of questions are they do, and they're going to ask another question. If you try to answer that, he said, keep gendering more questions, that they're not really going to be satisfied with the answers. Why? They're not really seeking truth. They're a distraction. So if you don't want to, you want to know how Cain got his wife, go read the word. It'll tell you. We just went through the Bible in three months. Hallelujah. You should have discovered how Cain got his wife. She must have been on the earth because he had one, right? Now, you go figure how he got it. But it says, Now the end of the commandment is charity, out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned, from which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. Ooh, man, that's, that's, that's a strong term there. Because that means they're, they're following meaningless teachings, Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. He says, so, you got a lot of people desiring to teach somebody something, but they don't know what they're talking about. That's why you have to be careful about social media. It can can be a tool of ministry, but it can be the most detrimental thing to your spiritual development. Cause just cause somebody to say, I love the Lord and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best. You go click. I I feel the brother. And then he come back up with another video with a cigarette in his hand. (laughs) Now you got him on your page and you following him. And then you got to weed out what he say and don't say. See, I don't play with that nonsense. I've been on Instagram for a while with my business and I still don't have that many followers. You know why? Because I don't let them follow me. <laughs> I, get, I mean, in one day I probably got about 50 or 70, uh, can I join I y'all, I just erase them. Good, bad or indifferent, I don't care because I'm not there for the likes. It doesn't bother me. You say, what, no. Because when you start speaking truth on your sight, your likes might go down anyway. Right. You know, some, some will go up, some will go down. But you can't trust that to gauge whether or not you're doing right. Because right. people will be for you today and hate you tomorrow. Right. They prove that with Jesus. It says, that, what, 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 what is the word saying here in that verse 7? He said people want to convince others of what they have not completely proven themselves. See, you've you got to have a time of proof. Now, somebody asked me, can you make bread? I can, I can almost tell you in my sleep how to make rolls. I got proof. Been doing it for 30-some years. When I learned it, I learned it. Taught other people how to make rolls. Got a request all ready for Christmas rolls. And we, we're in August. And somebody sent me a message talking about, we want you to make uh, some rolls for our Christmas uh, dinner. And then my son said, the guy where he worked, he don't told him so much about my rolls, they want me to make some bread for them. You know why? Because I can make bread. And I don't have to stumble at it. I don't have to keep going to YouTube to figure did I put that there? I know it. It's in me. Listen to me. It's in me. And I can teach it because it's in me. And Paul's saying don't start teaching something that ain't in you yet thoroughly. Because the devil going to whip your hips. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to take that little extra minute. Don't be talking about me. I hear you. Say she running a little long today. Hey, it's just 1110. Most of y'all just be getting started in the church where you go. Shut up. <laughs> look, at, look at verse 18. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You just got out of Sunday school. And you know, morning service ain't going to start till 11 o'clock. So don't put your religious thing on me. Take that watch right on down. I got one. Look Look, go down to verse 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies with which before on thee, that thou be... That thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Why? Because warfare coming. If you stand in the office, warfare coming. You need to know that. You take up the ministry, warfare coming. So don't be so uh, jumpy to have it. Don't be so anxious to be in it. Let it perfect you first. Let it be born out of you. Let God have to almost throw you out the nest to do it. Because we were not vying to be pastors. I'd have never voted for me to be this. Can I get an amen? He says, holding faith and a good conscience, which some have put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Hey, (laughs) anybody in life been on a shipwreck? That's because they're out of order. They're out of order. You say, well, Paul went through a shipwreck and God caused him to conquer. He saved everybody on the shipwreck because he was in order. He was obeying God. So don't even come with that one. Ooh. It says, one translation says in verse 19, Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their conscience as a result. Their faith has been shipwrecked because they're doing stuff that their mind. They, listen, the Bible says to whom to know to do good. I'm paraphrasing and do it. they not to him is sin. And people want to do stuff. You know, uh, we, we told somebody some years ago not to go do a certain thing. And they did it anyway. And it almost cost them their life. Now, you don't want to hear that kind of report. That's not a glorious report to any pastor. But when you disobey and violate stuff. Because you think you know it all. Look, Paul had, he said, look at verse, verse 20. Of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander. Paul named them out. He called them out by name. Why? He wanted everybody in church to know these people got issues. Not because, now I guarantee you. When you look behind the scene, Paul had dealt with them more than one time, trying to get them to repent and fix that stuff. The word had come. The word is coming this morning. Now, how you receive the seed of the word is up to you. I'm the messenger, and God says, say it, and I'm saying it. If you offend it, it's because I'm right. And I hit that nerve. He says, whom I have delivered over to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. See, he said, I turn them over. He said, in the end, they're they going to be born, they might get right with God. He said, But some people got to turn over and let the devil beat their hind parts, Because that's the only way they learn their lesson. Because to sit down and try to counsel them, they ignore you. So Paul said, I had to kick some people out of the church. They were too disruptive They always kept Something going in the church I mean this church Has been through Every war zone That you can imagine And we understand How one person can divide Woo And if But if the average church Today put that person out They're gonna They're gonna say You're not right Instead of saying The person wrong When I'm here To protect my sheep Hmm so for the sake of keeping a pure vein and to keep the souls of those who were expiring to know the truth, Paul said, we got to get these people out. We don't give them enough chances. They, they don't want to do right. They keep right on stirring up stuff. And he mocked them and called them by name. So you, so you wouldn't get mixed up and say, oh, you talking about James the, uh, the tall guy or James the short guy? No, we're talking about James the tall guy. So he called him out by name. James got to go. <laughs> see, w- the local church is so important to your development as a believer that we, we take a lot of things for granted, but we got to stop doing that, because see, we're, we're living in a society where nobody wants to hurt nobody's feelings. But you can't identify the sickness of the disease or the disease in your body if you don't call it out and give it the proper treatment. And sometimes what people say is hate is really love. You gotta look a person square in their face and say you wrong. Get it right. I'll work with you as much as I can, but I can't let you keep doing that. We had a person when we was in our other building that deemed herself a prophetess. And while I'm doing intercessory prayer, she got her own intercessory group going on. I said, that devil is a lie. And I went to her. It won't long, they were gone. Hey, no, you're not going to do that. Laying hands on people. I don't know what kind of spirit you are. First of all, you're not a prophetess. And some people are offended. Cause I told her to sit down then she stopped coming in. St- was I hurt? No. Did I pray? Yes. Did I love her? Yes. Well, I was gonna put up with it? No. That's just how clear it is. That stuff comes to destroy the truth in a real environment. And Paul told Timothy don't you let that coming in disrupt what you know is right. So unless you identify the sickness or the disease in your body, you're going to die. Because you'll not know how to treat it. Mm. So if you don't identify the sickness or disease in your congregation, you will not know how to help those that want to live. Because you'll be attending people that need to be put out. And that's why you spend a lot of time spending on people that's just not ready to change. You need to go ahead and let them go. Lead the church. Brother, I love you. I'm going to be praying for you, but you got to go. So we, Jesus, Jesus cleaning the house. He says, where, where would judgment start? At the house of God. Mm. So what kind of pastor would you think I am if I let somebody come in and do that to you all and I never say anything about it and I just let y'all get sick? Because they are poisoning you with all that doctrine that they got here. Whispering little stuff. Coming trying to prophesy to you. With no proof in their life. It's one thing to encourage somebody. It's another to give a word of prophecy. Because when you prophesy, you're speaking into a person's life. I can encourage you. But when I got a word of prophecy, you better know that's from God. And you better know who's giving it to you. All right, I'm going to come to a close in just a minute. Look at um, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Just just turn the page. Paul said another assignment of the local church is to pray that people be saved. We ain't got enough people praying for people to be saved today. Look at verse 1 and 2. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, first of all yes. supplications prayers intercessions and giving of things be made for all men so even though we may not be in agreement with the president we currently have you should be praying for him yes. it says for king and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty so but what the devil did he got the church divided based on skin And if you're not careful, you're going to be the biggest racist. Because you're trying to define yourself black, say, no. No. You're a Christian first. You just happen to have brown skin. I told one, my, I was talking to one of my sisters, and, you know, she and I have saying this for years. I'm not black. Do I look black to you? I look like I'm pecan. Now, you can call me Pecan, but I am not black. Because <laughs> I'm not judged by my skin color. <laughs> See, you really don't know what to call yourself, because before that, they called you a Negro. Black. Then they changed it to African American. Now black. Who are you? <laughs> and you keep changing based on what they call your skin. And most Christians follow suit right behind that stuff. He said, if you're praying, you know not to submit yourself to that kind of stuff. Because it's not scriptural. Because, see, that's another tactic to create division. And because they call our race black, doesn't make me black. This is black. I ain't that. So now what you're going to call me? I am the redeemed, the church of the living God. And I approve that name. He says, we must pray for people for them to be saved. That's part of the command that Jesus left for the church. We must insist that moral issues, religious issues be upheld, even though the administration of men, even though our government may not be doing it. But our prayer does make a difference. If the devil can get you to say, well, it don't need a voting. Because I've heard people say it don't need a voting. It doesn't matter who we vote for, it does matter. Now, let me ask y'all something now that we don't on voting. Let me ask you something. Just use your common sense. We ain't talking about your Christian sense. Just use your common sense. The sense that everybody's supposed to have. And if you ain't got none, we're going to pray another healing line for you. But the sense everybody's supposed to have. Which, why would you keep voting for somebody that creating all this havoc? And listen to that. He done not lie to you about getting you out of debt for college. He done lied to you about getting you more jobs. He done lied to you. Then why are you going to keep praying for him to get back in office? Something wrong with you. See, you are deceived and don't even know it. Because all he got to do is say, "Uh, we're going to raise the Social Security. Since when Social Security is your only income? We're going to raise the welfare check. We're going to give y'all more food stamps. So it's when that's going to determine how you live as a Christian. So you vote because you think they got your best interest at heart. And then they lie to you some more. So now if they can lie to you, let me sell you the Brooklyn Bridge. Mmm. They just use your common sense. Now, if you ever get in your prayer closet, God's going to give you some godly wisdom. But when you go to God, don't go with your pre-imposed ideas as to who to vote for. I never have. Donald Trump is who God want to use, but he's not the answer. Jesus is the answer. And you know they, they, they persecuting them left and right because they don't want them to be back in there. Because we've never had a president. And we've had some crooked presidents. Y'all know. Stop acting like you didn't know nothing about their dirt. You talked about it at your kitchen table. And you know that dirt was talked about all through town. But nobody ever came after them. The way they're coming after this one man. Why? Because he's the one God wants to use to help the church. And the church is over there fighting him. Y'all, I can't say that. But that's because you're not spending time with God. Don't tell me you're spending time with God and you come out with that same stuff. You're not. You're praying your will and God don't get to talk in the conversation. But if you go before God with your heart open to what he wants to say, he'll teach you. And then you need to be a part of a church that teaches the truth. Because God got something against these pastors that won't tell the truth, and they know better. A lot of them know better. Mm. I'm going to come to a close because I feel it, I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. Y'all about, y'all about at your boiling point. That's all right. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, look at verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men see that to be saved. The will of God is for everybody to be saved. And but not only get saved, but what? Come into the knowledge of the what? Truth, not religion. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So the Baptists, the Presbyterian, the Methodists, the Pentecostal, the Holy Rollers, everybody. All that stuff we got in between doesn't fit. Because there's nobody between God and Jesus. Because mm. Jesus the one who gave himself as a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained, I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. So if Apostle Paul, if an apostle will not with Apostle Paul, then you shouldn't be reading none of his readings. Because everything he taught, he taught it as an apostle. For those that believe apostles went out and tongues went out and there are no more apostles in the earth, then you shouldn't be reading. In Paul's writing, which means you got to erase almost all of the New Testament. Because Paul wrote most of it. Now what you going to do with that? You can't take what you want to take and fix it to fit your narrative. You got to eat the whole scroll. All right. Coming to a close. I would, therefore, that men pray everywhere. Come on, men, get back to praying. If you ain't never prayed, start. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. That's part of the problem in our nation because men have backed away from being men. And they don't know who they are yet. And the homes are suffering. Our nation is suffering because we need godly men to rise up. Thank God for great women. But you need some godly men to rise up and take the bull by the horn and say, that's enough. Our nation not going down like that. And we're going to pray for our nation and our home. And we're going to believe for that to be changed. We're going to start with our school board. We're going to pray for our school board. We're going to pray for our city councilman. We're going we're to root up and pull out and put in the people that God need to work there. If you don't start doing that in your house, you don't have no strength when you come to the local church. And what you do you want to dump that on me oops secret out you want to dump all that believing on me no that's part of your job okay so one of the reasons things do not move according to divine orders because men do not pray a lot of times through the prayers of women, thank God for praying women, God move on men so that men can do what is the order of things for men. Every now and then a woman get out of order. Yeah, they do. They get out of order. But they be trying to get something done, and the man taking forever and forever and forever and forever. Look like he going to be that little boy with them pampers on for the rest of their life. And it's very nerve-wracking to a woman that want to move. And this is why a lot of marriages crumble. Not because it ain't a lot of mushiness between them. It's because they don't know direction for the house. He says, but women want men to take over. Because it takes the pressure off of them. And if we're both praying and believing, see in the spirit we're equal. But in the house, we have different roles. And when I'm trying to function as a man, it never works. And he trying to function as a woman, it does not work. And if you're a jellyfish, it does not work. You got to grow a backbone real fast. Because women get tired of men that don't have no direction for their life. And we're not just talking about getting a job and going to work. And you work all day. Okay, that's good. You provide good but in his spiritual direction. Because you got to remember, so I'm going to talk about that Women's are incubators. We can incubate anything you put in us if you get us to see it your way. But if you don't have direction for the house yourself, what's she going to incubate? She's going to attach herself to somebody that's moving. And by the time you wake up, she's so far out, you can't really in. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that God said was that men ought to always pray, lifting up holy hands and pray everywhere. So everywhere would mean in every situation, your work, your recreation, wherever you are, your life should be consumed with getting the spirit of God's direction and everything because that is divine church order. Because you are still a member attached to the head. You have to get your direction as a member from the head. Men should pray because their praying gives strict direction. Keeps the order divinely instituted. If this is taking place in individual homes, when we come together, we'll have the same mind and the same person, the same purpose, just like Christ commanded. Did you learn anything this morning?